Hey, Brett, how's it going this week? Good, Anch. How are you? Pretty good. Well, you took another week off, you slacker. That's right. I, I guess I snuck out on you for that one. So, are you ready for your trivia question now that you've had an extra week to prepare? Oh, it was so nice without it. Okay, fine. Okay, so what percentage of millennials currently own their own home? Of millennials? God, like 4%? I don't know. Wow, 35. <laughs> I guess, yeah, it's true. I was thinking millennials is those youngsters that just graduated from college. That's but I guess, Gen Z. Yeah, I guess. We're the, old. I guess, yeah, the whole group is already out, out of the gates. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's uh, it's me too. I guess I do count as a millennial. I'm on the earlier side of things. You do, yeah. Do you? Well, first of all, do you know that our contest is still running? Oh, that's right. Yep, a couple more episodes left, right? Yep, just a couple more left. So we've actually had some really cool people re- reaching out for that. Like we have listeners in Brazil and <laughs> Poland. So I didn't know that. So that's really cool. Thanks for tuning in. Um, actually, it makes me want to do more international-based finance questions, so stay tuned for that for future episodes. I'm going to kind of do like a compare and contrast and how saving or investing is different by country, because I think that'd be really cool to research anyway. Right, or getting really crazy and investing, you know, across the border into other markets. much easier to do now, right? And Mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to buy property in other countries, unless you want to buy property in Bermuda. (laughs) Then it's impossible. Then it's impossible, yep. All right, so do you know what we're talking about this week? Uh, No, especially since I had a week off. I have no idea what we're talking about anymore. (laughs) Yeah, so this is going to be one of those fun philosophical type episodes where we kind of talk about our journey of frugalism. Because I think if you took a snapshot of us five or six years ago, things looked very different than where we are today. Frugalism. All right, that's what we're calling this episode then. (laughs) Frugalism. Journey to frugalism. Yeah. But, you know, like, because I think a big thing for us is we really eased into the life of saving. So we never felt like we were deprived. Right. It was we we took the stair step approach. I mean, we had a pretty good base to start with. Like we both have a a, a natural uh, affliction for for trying to save more money, I suppose. A natural tendency to save, I would say. Affliction. (laughs) I've been cursed. Um, It's a disease. Feels like a cur- no, it doesn't. It's a blessing, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So yeah. So we we we're predisposed to be you know a little bit better savers um, than the average bear. But right, that's just the beginning. Yeah. So every you can take steps along the way, and that's what we've done. Is like every year or every couple months, you know, we try and do something a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, and it's taken us, I think, four or five years, even from starting with good bases to even come to where we are, uh, where we're. You know, feel like we're pretty efficient savers, uh, but there's still a lot of room for improvement. Also, right, we can do better. Right. Um, I want to interrupt this train of thought real quick because we talked about our frugal tendencies. And do you know this is your pop pop quiz? You get another trivia question. Oh, come on. Uh, two, <laughs> do you know what percentage of people find it attractive to see frugalism as a trait in their p- romantic partner? Uh, so like if I'm swiping right on Tinder, it needs to say like, uh, I, I am frugal. I am frugal. Yeah. You know, the frugalism. Follow the frugalism journey. Um, uh, I don't know. Probably it doesn't come up that often. So like, I don't know, 15%. Nine out of 10 people think it is a good trait to have in their romantic partner. Nine out of 10. What kind of survey was that? I don't like, know. <laughs> it was probably just me like 10 times. <laughs> But yeah, nine out of 10 people think that having a frugal partner, because, you know, and that's something else I want to address in this issue. Being frugal is not the same as being cheap. So like, you know, if I 
like for your birthday, for example, like I still buy you birthday presents. I just try to buy you something that is like a good bargain, a good value and something that I know you will like. Right. It has to be right. Because I'm not going to like it if you like spent a ton of money on it and then didn't, you know, tell me about it first. Like it wasn't a family decision to get something that was a huge purchase, huge expense purchase. Like we kind of have a guideline of if it's over X, we can't do it for gifts. Right. Right. And I told Brett one time, I was like, you know, because around the holidays, you see those commercials where it's like, surprise, honey, I bought you a Mercedes. And I was like, I would divorce you. Like, (laughs) it would be over. I would be so mad if he went out and bought a car without me knowing. Oh, yeah. I bought you a car loan. All right. (laughs) I bought you a monthly payment. Congratulations. Right. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, let's rewind and go back to when we lived in Chicago. So we've talked about this on the podcast before and saving in a big city, but I would say we definitely spent a lot more money then than we do now. Right. And that was, I mean, it was easier to do it there, I think, and because it's more convenient and because of that time in our lives, right? I think that was like, you know, just a couple years out of college, you're more apt to spend more money because you're like out on your own finally. You're like... Get, you have a well-paying job, right? You're just like rolling in the dough compared to where you've been the rest of your life. Well, and I know in the start of our relationship, I was actually still in college. And my grocery budget was like $100 a month. And my alcohol budget was probably similar. <laughs> um, and then my um, like going out to eat budget was, I don't know, maybe like $20 a month, right? It was like I went out to eat like once or I got Taco Bell four times, right? Mm-hmm. And then... I remember one time early in our relationship, you told me that your food budget one month of what you spent on groceries and going out to eat was $700. And I had a heart attack (laughs) because that was like three months rent for me at that point in my life. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that's where my whole budget was going, I think, when I was in Chicago. There's nothing but good food. And even when we came down to visit you in college, like you had a lot of good places to go. And And he was such a gentleman. He always paid. That's right. Because I was really poor. You were poor. And yeah, I was living the life because I had that good paying job. Yeah. Living in Chicago. But so compare that to now where our total food budget, including we make homemake our food for our dog and she eats a lot. We spend what? $500 a month on groceries and going out to eat. I don't think it's that much most of the time, yeah. But pretty aggressively, right? And that's not just, that's like for both of us and a dog. Like your $700 was just you. Yep, yep. So, you know, like that's one area where we have cut back a lot. And I think like a lot of my real life friends, they know Brett and I as the people who like love to go try new restaurants and love to go out to eat. But we've really scaled that back and we've really improved our skills in the kitchen to the point where sometimes we go out to eat and we're like, Well, this is kind of disappointing, but I think it's really important to note that we did not jump into that overnight. So maybe we should talk a little bit about that journey. So the first step was, I think it was right after we like moved into our apartment back in Michigan and I came to you and I said, do you want to try a CSA? And you said, what the hell is that? (laughs) And I was like, oh, it's this community supported agriculture. And I was again, what the hell is that? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And, And then I explained to you, basically, we get a box of vegetables each week from a farmer, but we prepay in advance. So for us here, it's about $300 a season, which lasts for 20 weeks. And then for 20 weeks, we get a box of fruit and vegetable from our farmer. Right. And what I I think I said, they're just going to give us a bunch of lettuce. 
You said kale, I think. <laughs> and yeah, so... Boy, was I excited. You were not very excited about it at the time, but you agreed to try it. Yeah, I mean... Because you were always math, adventurous. I mean, yeah, I mean, based on what they were going to offer to give us by the end of the year, right, the math made sense that over time you were going to be coming out ahead versus if you were buying, you know, this equivalent amount of groceries um, in the store every week. All right, so yeah, give it a try. Yep, and so I'd... At that point in our life, it actually was a great thing for us because basically once a week I drove and I picked up this box of vegetables. So we started eating way more vegetables and we started feeling the need to go grocery shopping less often because we would just like go and stack up on some meat or beans and then we already had our vegetables at home. So we you know, could make easy meals with stuff we had on hand and Going to the grocery store less frequently at that point in our life when we could, like, down a pack of Oreos in five minutes was huge, right? Because that just cut our expenses. Because every time you go to the grocery store, they have those, like, end cap displays of, like, buy the chips and buy the candy. Right, the impulse buying section that's in the middle of the aisle or, like, the things that jump out at you, right? Because, yeah, we would go buy a bag of, like, Lay's potato chips and just down the entire bag in five minutes because you once, you know... Once you pop, you just can't stop the exactly. wrong brand. But um, it applies to all chips. Right. We're monsters. Yeah, but it was you, you. basically tricked me into eating healthier as part of this process. So we, the only thing I like more than uh, saving money is making sure that I don't waste food. Right? right. So no matter what was in the fridge, like whatever vegetables, kale, whatever was in there, I was definitely going to eat it before I threw it away. So. So my favorite part about this story is shortly we were getting these vegetables and we just couldn't use them fast enough. So like, at, you know, the the first five weeks of the farm share, it was a lot of kale. And Brett was like, I was right. And then after that, that's when like, especially in Michigan, our season picks up and we were getting eggplant and zucchini and so many vegetables, more than we could eat. So we were basically eating vegetables every week. We didn't have to go grocery shopping. We were saving loads of money and we still had too much. So I was like, you know what, Brett, I'm going to buy a juicer. And this was before like, juicing really was as popular as it is now i would say yeah it was it was a little bit before like six, six months or so before yeah. you started seeing like really big juice stores pop up and stuff right maybe it was more so on the west coast but in the midwest we didn't have a lot of that yeah like there were there was juice out there but it was not like what it is today right and so i bought this juicer and i like didn't have recipes i was just juicing whatever we had left over in our fridge so i can tell you firsthand that juiced eggplant not good not good at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. But so, celery, I love. Apparently, it's like super spicy for whatever kale. reason. Kale. That's no, how I got you to eat your celery, kale and celery. Celery is the best. Um, I'm the but only one that likes that, we're getting off track a little bit. So uh, the point being that, you know, we did this thing where we started eating healthier. And it also prompted us to, like, go to the big box grocery store less. So we stopped buying as much prepackaged food. And we realized that... It's not that expensive to eat healthy. It's expensive to eat convenient, right? Right. Or you're just getting taken, you know, behind the woodshed by buying like organically branded food, quote unquote, in the grocery store because half the time, you know, it can be close to or the same product. They just like change the marketing on it or, you know, or they're just marketing it up to market up, right? They just created a whole nother brand basically that's just their organic line and it didn't cost them like anything else to make it but you're getting charged three times the price and you know i encourage people like if you want to eat organic go for it um just like if you're you know make sure you know the reasons you're eating organic and why you're paying the premium we in fact choose to 
use a farmer that has very sustainable organic practices but is not certified organic and you know she doesn't spray and all that stuff and right so we found the right fit for us and you should find the right fit for you right not everybody has that available to them and but we just know you know we're eating healthier than probably the average bear anyway right um, at a super reduced we, price we really chased it down to find out where the where the best food was going to come from at the best price right mm-hmm. So that was one big thing we did to shift was like, yeah, we used to spend an enormous amount on food. The other area that's reduced a lot for us is housing. So in Chicago, we both had our own places, which was expensive. And then when we first moved to back to the Michigan area, we were like, oh, we can have like the nicest apartment in town because we're used (laughs) to playing Chicago prices. Right. And our rent there was more than our house now. And I mean, I I still feel like during that time, we felt like we were more entitled to do that. Like, oh, we could, you know, we could easily afford this, like the nicest place in town. So, yeah, it's it's got all the amenities as the pool place, as the workout facility, as like the trash compactor or whatever. Well, and I remember like having the conversation and being like, oh, we can rent this place or we could get this other place. that's not quite as nice. And we would save four hundred dollars a month. And we're like, oh, but over the course of a year, that's $4,800. And in the grand scheme of saving up for a down payment, like maybe that doesn't matter as much. Where now, if we could find an area where we could save like five grand a year, we would jump on it, right? Oh, yeah, in two seconds. So, I mean, that was a big shift in our mentality. At that point, we were like, well, we're already saving all of this money by moving in together. You know, why go, why do we need to go further? Let's get the nice place, right? And I think now we've gotten to the point where we've realized that like, Every penny matters, which sounds stupid, um, but it, it does. And, you know, we've refined it in a way where we don't really feel entitled to anything anymore, I would say. Yeah, I think we've, we've really toned that back. You know, you, you start, as you ha- gain more responsibility in your life, you start looking at what is, like, more important. And, yeah, I don't I don't just go out and buy stuff because of, like, oh, I earned it, right? Right. Like I, I just, or I deserve it. I feel like I hear that all the time. Like, right. I I worked so hard this week. I deserve a pedicure. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think we just both are on the same page of you know. I don't. I don't need any of that stuff anyway. It's a treat, sure, but I'm see. I'm using. It is a treat. Like it's not. Right. I don't. I didn't earn it. Like I didn't. You know. It's still opportunity cost going out right. the door. And I think you know we've gotten to the point where so I definitely used to go out to coffee a lot more often. That was an area I've really cut back. But I used to go out at least once a week with a family member and usually at least once a week with a friend. And then usually I would grab one more coffee somewhere in there. So I was getting coffee three times a week. And now- You lush, yeah. I know, right? Um, but that like at that point for us, that was like reduced spending already, right? And now I would say what, I get coffee maybe once a month, if that. Yeah, just more of a social activity more than anything, I think. Right yeah. Now, because you're like craving coffee. Maybe once every couple months, you're like, man, that coffee really sounds good. So, you know, okay, treat yourself. You like... Treat yourself. Gave, you, you gave it up for like four months. So if you want to have one, okay. Well, right? most of the time, if I'm really for craving $3. coffee, I make it at home. Mm-hmm. And because I've gotten to the point, you know, that was another thing with... We kind of had this whole like health journey alongside our financial journey. So like... I don't really want the sugary drinks from the coffee shop that cost $5 anymore. All I really want is, like, a black coffee, which is, like, much less exciting. From a really good coffee shop. Or I want to make it myself, right? Because it's, like, less exciting to go to, like, Starbucks and be like, I want a black coffee. Like, I don't think their coffee's that good. So Blasphemy. (laughs) People are going to, like, raise the pitchforks here. I know. 
Okay, so we've cut down food a lot. We've cut down some social activities. And I would say, you know, even more with social activities, we typically try to host things at our house more than we go out now. So we'll have, like, you know, cookouts or we'll have people over for game night. Or, you know, I even did a painting party at our house for a bunch of girls when you were gone one week. But, you know, painting with a twist is... Like $30 a person, plus you have to pay for your wine and your snacks. And I just had everybody over here, and for less than $30, I provided wine and snacks and painting supplies. Right. You and know? just Googled how to do like the teach yourself to paint step, yeah. step by step process or whatever it is that they do there. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So well, I think we've just kind of like found ways to do what we want to do, but do it for less. Right. Well, that's why you have like, you know, people strive to get like the nicest house and like the big kitchen and like the, you know, or, or bigger apartment or whatever it is. And then if you're going to do that, then host people, right? Have people right. over there to enjoy the space that you like really strive for. Otherwise, just live in a shoebox and go out all the time. Right? Yeah. Save money. Save money on one end or the other, at least. But. I think that's the big thing that we've realized is we could have a nice house or we could go on vacations all the time or we could upgrade our cars or we could do real estate, but we can't do it all simultaneously. So we kind of have to make a list and then prioritize our top three, right? And I think that's something that we've really kind of honed in on is like, what are our priorities in life? So I would say one area where we have not cut back is traveling because right now that's a huge priority for us. Yeah, so we we continue to travel. We continue to want to travel. It's on our high priority list as we plan out, you know, from year to year. We make it a point to say, we're going to try and go to XYZ countries, right? And, you know, vacation at some point during the year. And then we save up for it. We budget for it, right? Um, you know, we set that money aside and say, you know, and cost effectively find the best trip to go uh, right at the same time. Um, and, then, and then make that happen, right? That's priority one, two, or three. It's up there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else is up there for us now. Um, I think probably, probably the real estate stuff that we've been getting into. Yeah. I think I think budgeting for that and continuing to grow the nest egg to invest in new properties, either rentals or uh, we're getting into you know, rehabs and stuff like that now. Uh, I think that's that's been a higher priority for us to make sure that we're continuing to do that and continuing to learn and grow those skills in that area because that's something we that we're planning for in our you know quote unquote retirement years yeah. coming up here. And I think something kind of cool to note with making real estate one of our priorities is one of our priorities is a secondary income source, right? which the great Warren Buffett said that you should always diversify your income sources. You should never have just one. And so that's been something where like, I really enjoy it. I enjoy going to look at properties. I enjoy spending 99% of my life on Zillow and it makes us money. Like, I have found us some really good buys because of the time that I spend on real estate forums and Zillow and just, like, every day, you know, checking the new inventory. And, you know, you can hire, you know, I always hear people, you know, where they say, well, oh, you should, you know, focus on what you're good at and hire the rest out. Well, nobody is going to care as much as me about finding us the absolute best deal for our next venture. Right. So that's something that I think is like really vital that I do myself, you know, mm-hmm. and and when you have a hobby like that, then, you know, it's it pays off in the long run, which is really cool. Right. It's like the old adage of, you know, if you own your own business, you say you you can have somebody else help you with the accounting. But ultimately, that's something you need to be totally responsible for, because that's the most important part of the business is your your income 
and your your expenses and making sure that that's all correct and nobody's skimming off the top, right? So, uh, you know, you managing your own finances in that regard your, is, is the best strategy. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um, so I'm trying to think of other areas we've kind of cut back on. So I, I think another one that's very obvious is transportation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because we sold my car, as everybody knows that we've talked about a million times. But also... I would say we are much more, even when we make trips in the car we do have, I would say we're much more aware about combining trips and like kind of planning out our week to be like, oh, well, if we're already going to be on this side of town, we can just wait to go grocery shopping over there that same day. You know, I, I think we very rarely just like take a trip across town for one thing, unless right. it's family related. Right. Sometimes we, yeah, we'll go across town to have dinner and things like that. But usually, you know, we'll go check up on one of the, you know, we'll go drive by one of our properties or we'll, um, you know, we'll go pick something else up along the way or we'll be looking and scouting at other neighborhoods or something along the way. Right. So we make it, you know, we make it a point to go do different things. If yep. we're going to go make that trip, you know, we make it count anyway. Well, and like even yesterday we were driving pretty far for us, you know, 20 miles out to go pick some strawberries. And we did stop along the way and check out a real estate property. So even that trip wasn't like, you know, we, we merge trips every time we can, I right. would say. And I think, yeah, it's been about a year since we talked about that, right? But yeah, finding interesting ways to like save on, you know, money, right? So picking strawberries is a million times cheaper than yes. getting strawberries in the grocery store week after week, you know, getting the fresh strawberries. We got, you know, close to 20 pounds again this year and we had 20 pounds last year. And, you know, we'd basically just fill up half the freezer with strawberries and they last us all year. And it cost yep. us $21 or $26, something like that. Yeah, about 26 bucks. And we get just under 20 pounds of strawberries. And that lasts us about the whole year. It really did last year. And we put them in smoothies. We, you know, make jam, whatever we want to do with them. And that's, you know, for us, it's so much cheaper to get strawberries that way than any other way. And we do save a lot of money by doing that. Another thing we did was when avocado was three for a dollar during when it was in season, yeah, mm-hmm. we bought a bunch and we froze them. Yep. And avocado is something that can be really expensive, right? It can, yeah, they can be like two dollars each. And so. Yeah, it actually worked really well to you know unfreeze that and still use it in like smoothies and stuff like that. Or guacamole. Yeah, yeah. Gu- it will work for guac too. Yeah. All right. Well, I think. I think we've covered a lot of it. Oh, I would say, you know, another thing that we've really done to get our expenses down is getting our insurance reanalyzed on a regular basis. Yeah, because that, that, it, was a, that was a huge annual savings. Yep. Yeah, and it's we've done that several times. It's We haven't just done it once. I would say every, you know, two to three years, we've kind of sat down and taken a look at it and found significant savings every time we've done that. Because... Over time, it's like the company you're with just slowly increases your rate year over year, and you don't really pay attention to it. And then by the time you reevaluate it and then get some more quotes, there's usually a you know a cheaper option out there. Right, because you change, right? Your insurance needs change. The the vendor changes. Whoever you're working with, uh, the the plans change that they're using. You know, if it's a brokerage, right? All the different plans with all the different companies come and go, you know, they come in and out and the deals that they have available to them change. So check in every once in a while because what you're getting right now is probably not the best deal as what you're going to be getting in two years from now. Mm-hmm. As long as you keep on it, like there's always going to be more and more deals, right? It's like always renegotiating your stupid internet bill, right? With Comcast or whoever, 
right? Or your phone yeah. bill, like just calling and like rehaggling and getting the new deal again, um, whether it's with the same vendor or not, right? Because we've we've changed vendors three times now using different brokerages for our insurance. Yep. And every time we've saved like a, almost $1,000 a year yeah. um, <laughs> every time we switch. Um, and you actually just brought up another really good point. We, with like service providers like Comcast, we've cut Comcast back to be bare bones. So we used to have cable and internet and we paid $110 a month. Now we just have internet and we pay $19.99 a month. So that's huge, right? Yeah. That's a huge savings. And then... Also, all the subscriptions, it's so easy this day, like in this day and age to get Sling TV for $19.99 and Hulu for $7.99 and Netflix for $9.99 and add them all on. And before you know it, you could just be paying for cable again, you know, when you add all these different subscription services on. So we've actually canceled all of those subscription services and we just don't consume a lot of television anymore yeah the last one we have is prime right amazon prime and so only because i think that's going to cancel for us in like february yep um but even that you know like i don't really have a whole lot of value in that anymore like the two-day shipping's great sure but you know for like it's over 100 bucks a year now it's 120 bucks a year they just raised it again and it's just like yeah it's not providing that enough you know enough value for me. well and i would say we used to order stuff off prime all the time when we lived in Chicago, when we first moved to Michigan, we got like all of our Christmas presents off of it. We ordered things off Amazon all the time. It was just impulse purchases, right? It was a one-click purchase mm-hmm. that made it very easy. And now, you know, I was actually reading this blog article the other week, and it was talking about having a no-spend day. And it was like, try to get three no-spend days in a row. And I was like, I could probably do like a month of no-spending. Now, at this yeah, point because we've exercised that muscle right where we've done several of those exercises right we've done like a no spend november for like groceries or something right like something like that so yeah we've had a lot of practice with that that's that's helped us a lot that's, that that's has a helped us tip, a lot um is just like you know going out there and do like a no spend week or a no spend whatever you know in a particular category where right? Right. it's not going to be flat out but i think like exercising that and having that ability to go from needing everything instantaneously like we do in this day and age to refining that skill and being like, I'm not going to spend anything for a week. So if there's anything I want, I have to buy it next week. Now we don't feel like we need Prime because anything we might need, we don't need it in two days. Right. We can get it in a week and it's fine. Right. If I need it, literally everyone I know has Prime. So I'll <laughs> <laughs> That's have them true. get it for me like immediately. So. so yeah, cutting down subscription services has been huge for us because that does add up. Um, Another thing that I am personally very proud of, because we've talked about this before on the podcast, and I said we would update people, and here it is. How do our electric bills look lately, Brett? (laughs) Yeah, you've been turning off lights and uh, unplugging things left and right, and it has made a huge impact in our electric bill. I have to give you you big props for that. It did make (laughs) a difference. I called... You know, I called shenanigans on it because it was going to be dumb. But, it, it, you know, our electric bill is now ridiculously low. And so. so our bill right now in the summer months is about $65 for electric and gas. And we have a gas water heater. So that and we have a house at 1,700 square feet plus a finished basement. So 2,400 square feet. And it was like 95 four days in a row or five days in a row last week. Yep. So some of the tips that I've learned are when you need the air, run it, right? So I will run the air sometimes. 
But most of the time I turn it off and at night I open all the windows. I let the cool air in and the hot air out. And then during the day I'll close the blinds, but I'll leave the windows cracked. And that actually keeps our house very, very cool all day. So we don't really need to run the air very much. Um, I also turned off the... <laughs> The broker, what is that called? The breaker, the, breaker. the yeah. breaker for the dishwasher because we never ever use it, <laughs> and the dryer until we need to use it, which is right because those things, right? Those are the two twenty volts, the you know the huge outlets that are plugged into the house. Um, that and this or the dishwasher really isn't, but the stove, the stove and the uh, and the dish and the dryer are. But we use the stove every day, so right. we're not turning that off, right? But the dryer, yeah, the dryer was drawing enough energy out of the wall just by being on that it did make a significant amount of difference when she turned that off um, yeah. when we were watching the energy bill cycle with the and, smart meter. And I do unplug a lot of our electronics, like TVs and my power strip and all of that, um, which also my sister works for fire loss companies, and a lot of fires actually start because people leave these things plugged in. So it's a good practice anyways. And, and faulty power strips. Uh, and it has saved us you know, quite a bit of money. So... It's really kind of fun when I see like the on our power bill, they always show us like the average house around you for a similar size. And people right now are paying $200 a month and I'm paying 65. Like that's just so awesome to me. Right. But again, it took us a long time to get to the point where we were like, let's micromanage our our energy usage in our house because, you know, we want to save an extra like 50 bucks a month or whatever. Right. Right. And, and so you just have to look at each area one at a time. You're never going to tackle everything and just say, you know, how can I, how can I maybe manage my expenses better? How can I pull in, in like another source of income? Maybe right. I just want to go shop garage sales on the weekends and like find cool stuff and then put it out on eBay and right. Use that yep. as a second source of income. Well, and you know, that's another big thing I've done. I used to go out shopping a lot to get new clothes and now I've kind of gotten to the point that I take really good care of what I have and I buy a few new pieces a year to kind of update my wardrobe. Right. I used to like only all the clothes I think I've ever had came from like Kohl's or JCPenney or Target or all the places that are, you know, on the edge of going out of business now. Um, but now, yeah, we've changed our model a little bit in this same time frame as we've adjusted our lifestyle to buy a little bit nicer clothes, right? So they're more expensive, but they definitely last a lot longer and they fit way better. Yep. Right. So we found like a good vendor for both of us, you know, both of our body types and size and waistlines or whatever. Right. We found clothes that like fit really well and look really good. And, you know, you take care of stuff that when it like you feel good wearing it. Exactly. Right? If you're wearing like a baggy T-shirt because like the size that you're in between the sizes or like the pants are just like a little bit too long or a little bit too baggy because they're weird, then, you know, that's just what you're stuck with. Um, and, you know, a couple of years when they like rip or the hems come out or whatever, then you're probably looking at either fixing it um, and, you know, being creative doing that or just getting new stuff in the first place and then so you know over the course of like two times with that even though those prices you're still paying more than we pay for right buying something that is yeah so i was really sad last week because i was biking to work and i heard a rip and one of my favorite pairs of jeans that i've had since i was a sophomore in college the knee ripped but that was after eight years of service and i really only have maybe three or four pairs of jeans in my rotation total uh, I guess I guess he earned that one. So. <laughs> yeah, right. When you're when you're making that stuff last, and yeah, I think a lot of the the pairs of jeans that I've had, I've had since like college. I'm sure or before college, probably high school still. Um, yeah, they've they've really earned their keep for yes. like under having something under 100 bucks that lasts for like 10 years. Yeah, it's pretty good value. Another big thing is like hair products and makeup. I've really scaled back on what I use. So I wash my face and I use coconut oil for a moisturizer. 
Um, that works very well for me and it's very cost effective right. instead of buy I mean, you can spend a lot of money on face care, right? Right, and the dog loves you when you come back to bed and your <laughs> face is covered in coconut oil, let me tell you. That's true. So those are a lot of areas we've done. I would say my parting advice to you is to track your expenses and find one area to focus on. So we talked about a lot, but please remember that this was over the course of six years for us, that right. we like slowly made these changes over time. We did not do it all overnight. I don't re- recommend you do it all overnight. I recommend that you start tracking your expenses and you think of one area that you would like to try to decrease your expenses by, let's just say 10% a month. And, you know, so maybe it's groceries and then you figure out how to reduce that by 10%. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can do that and then you, you know, you're like, okay, I've adjusted and I am not, I have not reduced my happiness level, then you can do the next area. And then it's pretty cool because you get out the end to the other side and you realize you're not any less happy than you used to be spending all that money. It's just that we're conditioned from such a young age to want these things. Right. And even, I mean, the the tip for internet is you should probably crank it down to the lowest service offering that they have, right? So if, as long as you're getting like more than like 10 megs a second, from whatever your internet provider is, and let's say AT&T, they're like way slower for some reason, or way more volatile. Um, but like, you know, with Comcast, they're pretty consistent, like they deliver good service, they're just a ripoff, right, for the prices they charge. So we cranked it all the way down to like the, the lowest thing. We still stream stuff all the time. You know, we watch, still watch stuff, we still stream things where we can. Uh, you know, I watch YouTube videos a lot. I, you know, uh, back when I was gaming a lot, that didn't affect it either, right? You don't need like, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 meg internet or 100 meg internet, it doesn't matter. Like, you're not going to see a difference unless you're streaming, like, 4K. Right. They just, like, they just give you those tiers to make you think you're, like, you're getting more than you are. But they should either give me, like, 10 megs, which is suitable for, like, almost everything, unless there's, like, eight people in the house draining the internet. Or they should give me, like, 1,000, right, which is what all the other gigabit internet service providers that are, like, light speed and, you know, fast service and fiber, right? That's what they're offering for, like, the same price that Comcast is offering it for 10 meg. Right. right. So Comcast, you don't you don't win. <laughs> you're not getting my, like, you're not getting 10 times the price for, like, your, your 100 meg internet when everybody else is offering 1,000 meg internet for, like, you know, 40 bucks a month or something. So... Um, right just throttle stuff back like that you know use less in your daily life if you need more you know go back up again right and i think that's the big thing you know i say focus on one area so maybe it's internet and cut it back and if you notice a huge you know swing in your quality of life then go back to what you were doing but why not try right if you're like oh man this is like the worst thing ever i can't survive yeah then go back right but half the time when we turn stuff off we're like we didn't even notice right that's just the, that's just what we you know we're so desensitized. But we didn't do it overnight, stuff. so we got rid of cable first. But we still had Netflix and Hulu, mm-hmm. right? And then we were like, okay, we don't need to pay for both of these, so we picked one. And we're like, you know what? We don't even really need this one. We'll turn it back on if we want it because you can do that very easily. Right. And then we've been without it for multiple months now, and we don't need it right now. So that's great. And maybe in the winter when we're freezing our butts off because we live in Michigan, we'll want it again. Right. No I'll, big deal. I'll turn it. I'll turn Netflix back on for like one month for the $10 or whatever it is now per month and binge watch whatever we missed over the over between now and then next six months and then turn it back off again. Right. right. And then, you know, rinse and repeat. But yeah, you should definitely shouldn't be paying for multiple of those services simultaneously because you're probably only going to watch them one at a time anyway. Exactly. But. 
All right, well, that about wraps up this episode. So thanks for tuning in for another week. Please make sure to enter our contest to contest to win $50. All you have to do is leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or shoot me an email where you have a screenshot where you shared our podcast on your Facebook or with a friend directly and you'll be entered to win. It's that easy. All right. And how many episodes left? I think this is 48 that we're posting. I think it's 48. That's what I thought too. So just two. We're going to announce it on the 50th. So get those entries in. We already have a lot. So keep them coming. One more, one more podcast to go to get it in between now and then. So two more weeks and we're all done. All right. All done forever. All done. done. That's it. (laughs) All right. Thanks guys. Thanks. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Money in the Bank. Make sure to subscribe to us on the iTunes or Stitcher app so that you get weekly alerts every time we post a podcast. Or if you want, you can visit my website, moneyinthebankpodcast.com. And if you want to reach out with any questions or further comments, please email me at angie at moneyinthebankpodcast.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Money in the Bank.